to Scroll University Fellowship Church podcast. My name is Chris Moore, and we get together about twice a week, and we chew on God's Word and share that with you. This week, we have Sean Duncan in with us. Hey, yo, I'm back. He's back. <laughs> He's back. We love hearing from Sean. Sean, uh, you are nothing if not consistent <laughs> in your delivery of rich, nutrient-dense uh, Scriptural food, yep. nom noms. Ba- balanced on the macros, yeah. the spiritual macros. <laughs> yeah. So we're in Matthew still. We are. Yep. Okay. Still Sermon on the Mount. Um, this is a side note. You ever smell your hands? My hands smell delicious right now. And I have been smelling them all day. <laughs> and I've been trying to figure out why they smell so good. They smell kind of like vanilla. I don't remember using a vanilla soap or anything. <laughs> I... It's a mystery to me, but it's a small <laughs> gift from God's hand to mine. Um, I have the opposite problem. Oh, whoa. <laughs> Anyways, we're in the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, so we have we have journeyed from chapter five to chapter six. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we started chapter six last time I was with you. So um, the quick rundown of where we've yeah. been. Okay. Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5 to Matthew 7, Jesus' longest recorded teaching. It starts off with his disciples coming to him, and then he begins to teach them. So this is his teaching to his disciples, and then some like passerbys or like people who are just on looking, but it's two disciples. Mm -hmm. And he starts off first by blessing them eight times over with a bonus ninth blessing. He's like, you guys are blessed. And it's not because of anything that they've done or anything that they are, but because they're his disciple. When you come to Jesus, you're blessed. And he gives them new identities, that they're salt of the earth and that they're the light of the world. And then he begins to um, talk about who he is, that he is fulfilling the entire scripture, the Old Testament. He's bringing it to its completion. He's not getting rid of it. He's not starting a new movement. He's bringing it to its completion. And so then he shows how he's actually taking the Old Testament to its culmination. So he starts talking about all these laws like, hey, You've heard that it was said, you should not murder. And he says, you know what that's actually about? It's about not being angry at someone in your heart. And you've heard you should not commit adultery, but that's actually about uh, not lusting in your heart after someone. So he really takes it to the next level, showing its its purpose. And he says at the end of Matthew chapter 5, you therefore must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. So on one hand, you could try to accomplish perfection, accomplish righteousness on your own, in which case you are out of luck. Clearly, like <laughs> because you have a heart issue, mm-hmm. your heart is crappy. <laughs> right. You need a new heart. Um, or you could depend on Jesus. You could come to him uh, as a disciple and he blesses you with the things that you cannot do on your own because he accomplishes it for you because he fulfills the law and the prophets. Mm-hmm. So that's where we're at. And now he's he's turning and he's talking about Um, what we would call spiritual disciplines. So not things that save us, but things that saved people do um, as a way of growing in their, their walk and relationship with God. So he's addressing what we would call spiritual disciplines. And last week we looked at the warning or last time I was with you, we looked at the warning um, that he starts off. He says, beware of practicing your righteousness before others in order that you, in order to be seen by them for then you'll have no reward from your father who is in heaven. So mm-hmm. there's this warning and we, and we talked about, he's like, well, our works are seen because in chapter five, he says, let your light shine before others so that they right. may see your good works and give glory to your father and who is in heaven. But now he's talking about um, performing to be seen. Mm-hmm. And he, he addresses giving, praying and fasting. And today we're going to talk about the first one, which is giving. So I'm going to read it and then just draw a few things. Let's go. Okay. So this is Matthew chapter six, verses two through four. Thus, when you give to the needy or like, therefore, 
because of what I just said, beware. Um, Therefore, uh, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. That's the verse. Oh. Verses. We, we actually just did three verses. That will slow down. I know. Yeah, it might be moving a little too fast. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned for a one hour long episode. Okay, so just like a couple quick observations right off the, the bat. Okay. Um, he says, when you give to the needy. Mm. Like he's Wait a minute. He assumes you're doing this. Yeah. So it's he's actually not instructing people to do these things. These are things that that people who who are wanting to love and pursue God, they do these things. So he's assuming you're giving to the needy. Yeah. He's he's dealing with how you do it. Um so so this the entire instruction here like we could turn this chapter and at a close uh, at a first glance reading we could be like okay, Jesus is teaching me to give, to pray, and to fast. Mm-hmm. But he's actually teaching us how to do those things. He's yeah. assuming we're already doing them. Yeah. So that's observation number one. Observation number two is that both people are getting rewarded in this text. Both the hypocrite and the person who does it in secret. Mm-hmm. They both get a reward. Yeah. So it's just like, well, hey, what reward do you want? Type of thing. So that's like a, a reflection question that we'd be able to ask. Um, and, and then the idea of reward itself about God rewarding us. Those are like the three things that like pop off yeah. to me and I'm like, oh, what is, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. So um, first, the assumption is that you're giving to the needy. So um, the the giving is a, is like assumed to be like charitable giving to the poor or those who have no means on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, the, this little phrase, like when you give to the needy, it's like, it's all to just two words in Greek. So um, maybe if you've heard the word like alms giving, uh-huh. So just like charitable giving to those who are poor. You're not, it's not going to church and putting money in the donation bin that like passes down the rows. Yeah. It's not getting online either and giving like you, what you perceive as like your tithe for your church. Mm-hmm. That I think is something good. Mm-hmm. It's something different though than this. Yeah. So so this is a caring for those in need. Question, Chris, why why would we need to even do that in the first place? Has Have we talked about anything in the Sermon on the Mount that might make us think that we should... Do stuff like this. Mm. Gosh, we've been talking about this for so long. I'm trying to scramble my brain. It has been months for us. It has been months, yeah. Like since August, <laughs> and this is currently March that we're recording this one. I mean, a lot of the Sermon on the Mount is is kind of ethical stuff mm-hmm. on how Christians should behave. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, gosh. No, you're going to have to give it to me. It's okay. Um, remember there was this passage where he's like, you've heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Yes. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Mm-hmm. And then he makes this crazy statement where he says, so that you may be father, there are sons of your father who is in heaven, who makes his son rise on the good and on the bad mm-hmm. and who sends rain on the just and the unjust. And, and we talked about in that episode, um, God's common grace, yeah. that God is a God of common grace, meaning he he lavishes his creation in in love and goodness, not that saves them, but mm-hmm. just that benefits them. So, um, because God is a God who does that, we also, as as Christians and, and people who follow God and who are adopted into this family by the blood of Christ, um, we imitate our Father by just being kind and and 
decent human beings to others in the world, despite them deserving it. It's just a common grace. It's not saving them though. So, um, I, I don't have a ton of like church background cause I was whatever, like I was like almost 18 when I got involved in church in the first place. Yeah. So maybe you can correct me on this, but I'm pretty sure some churches have like what's called a mercy ministry. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like what this is getting at where you're doing um, good things for those in need, not with a bent towards evangelism mm-hmm. or not as not trying to open a door towards evangelism, but just to care for image bearers. Yeah. So that's kind of like what alms giving is or giving to the needy. Mm-hmm. That's what he's addressing as a follower of Christ. That's something that just permeates in us. And mm-hmm. as we grow closer to Christ, we become more passionate and compassionate for those who can't help themselves in the world. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's there's anything else to be drawn out of this text? Because I can think of a couple places in scripture that it does talk about this kind of giving or care for those in need. Um, or is this just kind of a general statement about when you give, do it this way? Mm, it's a good question. Um, can I say both? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think, I think it's a both thing because, um, the same principle that he applies to the giving, mm-hmm. he's going to apply to prayer and to fasting. Right. So he, it seems like he's just like talking about these specific things that are happening and he's then applying this principle of how you should do it. So I think you could take the how and mm-hmm. apply it also to other things. Um, the nation of Israel, though, remember Jesus is fulfilling the law and the prophets. Uh, the law and the prophets were given to the nation of Israel. God made a covenant with the nation of Israel at Mount Sinai, and he gave them these ethical commands that he was just addressing. And part of Israel's unique responsibility in the ancient Near East was to be a basically a countercultural society where instead of taking advantage of those who cannot help themselves, they're supposed to care for those who cannot help themselves. Mm-hmm. So the widow the poor, the oppressed, the orphan, um, the the stranger walking through your land. One of the things they did is, is it's so obscure, but instead of harvesting their entire crop, they were supposed to leave a perimeter around their field so that like the, tra- the person traveling from Egypt up to Syria, passing by, they could have some food. Gleaners. Yeah, the yeah. gleaners uh, yeah. along the way. So um, Israel had was given a unique identity. They didn't totally like live up to the identity that they were given by God, but part of it was to care for the marginalized. So that's why Jesus is picking this up because he's speaking to at this time, probably predominantly uh, Jewish people Mm -hmm. in in the Sermon on the Mount. So like, this is something that they're supposed to practice and he's addressing the hypocrites and the uh, Pharisees and he's talking about scribes in this. So this is just a, a natural practice for Israelites is to care for the marginalized. They're just not caring for them well. Yeah. Um, a lot of passages though, I do hear get you get applied um, universally to humans. Like, Oh, we should care for all people in this way, but always context is important. Sometimes if the word brother is showing up, well, mm-hmm. that's actually usually referring to like internally in the covenant body. But I'd say this one is just a general, you should care for people. Yeah. So the question is like, how do you care f- for people? Mm-hmm. Um, also, a few sessions ago, we the passage right before uh, where Jesus talks about God's common grace. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one right before that, uh, it's the one you know, turn if someone slaps you on your right cheek, turn them the other also. Well, at the end of that, he says, "Give to the one who asks from you, and do not withhold from the one who begs from you." Yeah. So again, like just like this posture of being willing to help those in need. That doesn't mean if someone asks you for money, give them money. 
Hmm. It also doesn't mean if someone asks you for your jacket, give them your jacket. It could mean that. Like mm-hmm. sometimes it does mean that, but sometimes you're actually not in a position to help someone like that. So mm-hmm. um, thinking about like what Jesus has been talking about so far, sometimes we're just not in a position to give um, the help that's being asked for, but we can give something else. And it might be what they actually need. So, yeah. um, you know, let, let's just make it really practical. We all drive um, around Eugene and there's homeless people. Yeah. And it's like every time I have this like internal conflict of like, oh man, I, w- I wish I could like, help this person. Like, what should I do? Should I, should I give them money? I know they're asking for money. And then I'm looking at their socks. I'm like, man, their socks are really clean. Is this person actually a homeless person? Right. Because I uh, saw so I grew up at the Eugene Saturday market. Uh, <laughs> shout out. It was so so fun like so many good memories and places i haven't been since i've been an adult um but one thing that i do know happens is at least when i was growing up for you know those 18 years of being there every weekend is some people did fake being homeless yeah because people in eugene are so generous and kind to those in need and they would make a living off it Mm -hmm. and um one time my mom my mom used to work also at pier one for a little bit and there was a lady who would always be outside like asking for money and she actually it ended up she was acting as homeless and she like had a really nice car and all these things so like, i always had this internal conflict of where this person actually coming from mm-hmm. um then i'm like well maybe like the thing i should do is just go park but then go have a conversation with this person because they probably don't have a lot of like meaningful human interaction right now mm-hmm. and maybe that's the way i can actually give to the needy in this sense but but a lot of say like people who are in need really do need um Things like money and food and clothing and shelter. Mm-hmm. So there has to be some sort of balance in that. We can't just say, well, we're just never going to feed them and we're not, we're not going to give them shelter. Yeah. But we also can't say, well, we're just always going to give them those things if that's what they're asking for and nothing else. So it's just like a balance. It's one of those things where it's not an either or, it's both end and you're you're trying to find the the balance to live in. Yeah, it seems like we, I mean, this isn't a big shocker here, but it's like we want clearly to find black and white, yes, no, yeah. do these things. And I, you know, my instinct is always devil's advocacy to some degree. And I'm thinking of the guy who's like, well, yeah, but if if he's not providing for his family, then he's worse than a dog. Yeah. Like we're yeah. not, how do we take care of those guys or or the widows who need care? You know, they need to be of these certain parameters. So what, how would you address something like that maybe? Yeah. Um, to throw one other one in there, there's also like the caveat of, well, what if you're just like enabling mm-hmm. an unhealthy habit? Oh, well, you don't know if you, you are, um, you're supposed to try to try to help, you know, yeah. uh, it was a little bit easier in Jesus's day. Um, because you usually the needy were people who were lame, mm-hmm. like they, their legs like literally didn't work. So they can't work because work is all manual labor. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or uh, in the this first century society, women didn't really have jobs. So um, if their husband died and their father was also dead or if something happened or if they were divorced or something, they're kind of like left on their own and they're they're cast out into society to fend for themselves. Um, so they don't really have options. Today, we do have options and there are a lot of means to, to help care for people. Um, I would just say um, if you're quick to dismiss someone you should check yourself before like being self-righteous and be like, oh, th- no, I'm doing the right thing. Yeah. Um, it should be hard every time to pass someone who looks like they are in need. Mm-hmm. It should be it, it should be like hard and heartbreaking for you. And if it's not, then you have an issue 
that needs to be dealt with. And you're the one who's actually in need and you're, you're poor in spirit and you need to recognize that poverty to then experience the blessing of Christ. Yeah. So, I mean, that's like where I, I would start is like, does it break your heart to see someone who's perceivably in need? Mm-hmm. The answer is yes. Okay. You're in a good spot. Are you thinking through like, what, what could I do? That's great. Um, eventually you should do something. If nothing else, pray for, for the person as you pass them by. I, when I go to the gym, there's someone who there's you, there's a corner that is usually occupied by someone. And the best I can do is, is usually like pray for that person. Um, and then just ask for wisdom. Mm-hmm. I still don't know, have the answer yet of like what to yeah. do. So yeah, yeah, it's not black and white. <laughs> and it seems to be muddied, especially given the context we live in here, because the government has so many opportunities to mm-hmm. help people and programs that exist. Uh, so on that, I would say in a society where your government structure is set up to help people in need, supporting the government structure is helping those people in need. Like mm-hmm. if you are, if you are helping, uh, you know, even if something as simple as like taking joy in your taxes that help set up a, a local homeless, homeless shelter camp, mm-hmm. you are helping. So like not having a posture of like, well, I don't like the government and because they're always giving my money away. Well, <laughs> well what if you, you see it as like, well, I'm supposed to help care for these people and I don't have the, the wisdom of how to best help them. Mm-hmm. But there's literally people who who their it's their career job is to figure out how to best help them and not enable them mm-hmm. and to like be um, take join that. Now, sometimes the the system fails you and it's like where they're they literally are enabling the use of drugs and paraphernalia like that, like where sure. they're giving out free needles. You're like, dang it. Like we, we lost again. And in that yeah. case, you lament that and you look for a different avenue. And there are so many opportunities, um, both government structures, but then also um, like non nonprofits mm-hmm. and your participation in those things is um, a part of you doing this thing. So, so this, this assumption when you give to the needy, it's not like when you go out to the corner of the street and help this person. And that's actually what he addresses. So that's a great segue. Yeah. So the hypocrites that he says, or the actors, the Mm -hmm. ones who are putting on the persona, what they do in the synagogues, the Jewish community centers, like where they get together and they read Torah. So both in the synagogues, there's people in need that this is happening, but then also in the streets, these hypocrites, they're they're rolling through and like they roll out their own red carpet and like they're playing their own hype up music and they're they're playing trumpets and they're getting it's everyone they're getting everyone's attention, like in comes Christopher. And then <laughs> then you walk in and there's like this person who cannot walk sitting on the ground and you bend down, you're like, Hello, friend. <laughs> Allow me to help you. And like you hand them a turkey sandwich. You're like, God bless you. How can we make this a reality? Jesus is like, stop doing stop that. Stop it. Just stop it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's fine. He actually doesn't say stop that. He just says, don't be like that because they've already received their reward. Right. So their reward is the attention and the praise that they get. Mm-hmm. Because they are doing a good thing mm-hmm. in helping that person to one degree. But then people say, wow, you're a great person. Mm-hmm. And Jesus says, you know what? That's the reward. Yeah. They got it. If mm-hmm. So if you, Chris, if all you really want in life is for people to say, wow, Chris is a pretty good person, you know, blow the trumpet and take the turkey sandwich. I'm going to get more trumpets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or start a vlog where, you know, I film myself helping people. Yeah. So what he's not saying is don't give to the needy. He's saying don't give to the needy like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not about you. Instead, he says, when you give to the needy, 
Do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. So he, he this is like this funny illustration of, of one hand not even knowing what the other hand is doing. Look, well, of course, like your hands don't actually know anything. Like your brain knows things. Um, <laughs> but here, here's the tension is you could, you could not post on Instagram. You could not have trumpet players walking before you. Um, and you could go down to the corner give the turkey sandwich and be like you could be like friend god loves you and then you could walk away and be like i'm a great person mm-hmm. like you could walk away thinking that and you're boasting in yourself yeah um so he jesus is saying well, well you could have the 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 award the reward of of external affirmation but you also have the quote unquote reward of like internal pride mm-hmm. where you're affirming yourself of like man great job chris like i did i just did so good with that turkey sandwich <laughs> So he just wants to to steer away from that rather than being motivated by um, reputation, mm. being motivated by God himself. So that, real quick. Yeah. Right hand, left hand thing. Mm-hmm. Not about tithing. No. Because that's, when I hear that quoted. At least, I mean, it's not like in this text about right. tithing. Yes. Maybe some general principles apply, but I've heard people t- refer to their tithing in that same way. Like, I don't want mm. my right hand know what my left hand is given, things like that. But I thought it'd be worth addressing just briefly. Oh yeah, that's a good question. Um, well, I don't think Jesus isn't getting at. I am saying this confidently. He's not getting at like <laughs> um, not knowing what you're giving. Mm-hmm. It, it's about the the observation of the giving. Mm-hmm. So the reputation from outside people looking in. Um, but then also when you give, you have the temptation to praise yourself as well. Mm-hmm. That's what he's getting at with the left hand and right hand. Um, not about like how much you're giving or what you're giving. Mm-hmm. Um, be responsible and you should know what you give to your church or to organizations that um, benefit the world, either either with the gospel or with mercy ministries. Like Take into account, there's, there's a plethora more of scripture about knowing uh, and being accountable for your finances than um, being blindsided to, to how you use them. Yeah. So I don't know if that answers. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I haven't. I guess I really haven't really heard it in that sense. Yeah, it's. I mean, there's a lot of scripture quoted out of context out there in the world. Oh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so <laughs> he says, when you give, um, don't let your left hand know your right hand. Do it. So it's not for you to like boast in yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason why is so that your giving may be in secret. Mm-hmm. So it's all about like perspective and perception. Like who is seeing these things? Am I? acting so that those around me see this am i acting so that i myself see this or am i acting so that god sees this Mm. is god my motivator or am i my motivator or are my peers my motivator that's like the basic question of this and this is what's going to run through the rest of them Um, and he closes it this little section by saying and your father who sees in secret will reward you Mm. your father who sees in secret will reward you so when being motivated to act for and on behalf of God, um, that's not going to be unnoticed. That's not going to be dismissed. God sees it and he rewards his people for it. So there's the question like, what is the reward? I think we'll get to that later in Matthew chapter six. Hmm. Um, but Stick for, around. Yeah. But for now, know that every action that you ever take does not go unnoticed. Mm -hmm. There is a God who sees you, who knows you and takes into consideration every single thing that you have done and every single motivation for why you have done it. And for every good thing that you do, 
God really will reward that. And, and you will experience something far greater than your own self-pride and far greater than um, being praised by your peers. Yeah. So, so that's the motivator. So all this comes down to what is your motivator mm-hmm. for doing what is right? Because he assumes you're giving. Right. And he assumes giving is right. So what's your motivator for doing what's right? Because to do what is right with a bad motivation, you're still doing bad. Mm-hmm. So that's a hard tension. That's a, there's books written on this, the, this ethical dilemma yeah. of what makes something right or wrong. So you can do what's right for the wrong reason and you're doing what's wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay. Quick question. Okay. Is, is the goal the reward? Mm. Or is the goal to delight the Lord? It's a great question. And we're punting it downfield until later in okay. Matthew 6. Okay, great. There has been mention of rewards mm-hmm. and receiving things already so far. Yeah. We're all building somewhere. And we've cool. talked about it in a previous episode, but it was like a little foreshadow. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get there. Good question. <laughs> Leave cliffhanger we'll save it till next time. Yes. Well, Sean, thank you so much. Uh, again, practical stuff. Mm-hmm. I think we can all experience things and see w- how we could walk this stuff out right away. Cool. So, appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Yep, we'll get you next time. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you to our guests for coming and sharing what they've been chewing on in God's Word. We produce these podcasts and release them twice a week, so please subscribe so you don't miss out on one. And don't forget, love God, love your neighbor, and make disciples. Disciples.